history has it that Peter, when he was arrested for the first time and taken to jail, after he was released from the jail and went to meet the disciples, he went to spend some time in the house of the mother of Mark. And it was while he was there that he had contact with Mark. Mark began to follow the apostles. At one time, he became even the secretary of St. Peter. Each time Peter wants to write, Mark becomes the one who writes for him. Mark came up as a result of discipleship. He was trained by Peter. He was also very instrumental to helping Paul and Barnabas in their work of evangelization. And after he has learned from them, he began to engage what he had learned and was able to fulfill his own destiny. Brethren, there is a dimension of our Christian life that has been lost over the centuries. And what is it? We have lost the structure of discipleship. You are first of all a Christian, and after being a Christian, you must be discipled. You must learn to begin to lay hold on the structures of the mysteries of Christ. The early church was very much combative. That is what we have reduced to catechism today. And even our catechism doesn't have an evangelical dimension. Because the essence of the gospel is to bring about revival, to be revived in God. So I can come out in God. So I can be raised from the life of God. Sat under Peter, sat under Paul, sat under Barnabas. And from that gather, he was able to receive the faith. That helped him articulate an aspect of the ministry of Christ. Among the four Gospels, Mark is the one who recorded the highest number of miracles that Jesus performed. His point was to prove that Jesus operated the supernatural in all dimensions. Just as we have it today, many in church don't believe in miracles. When it happens, they say, eh, is it possible? Did it happen? Let's see. For them, it's like a wonder. They pray for miracles, but when it happens, they even doubt it. The devil wants to make sure he sees on that aspect of Christ that Christ has come to open to us the key or the door of the supernatural that should influence our lives. Mark 
stood his ground through his writing, through his preaching. He was able to prove your measure, to advance again the minds of Christians that Jesus also demonstrated the supernatural. And because of his zeal, he was able to also advance the gospel to be preached in Africa. He supported Paul and Barnabas in their work in Cyprus. Cyprus today is in Turkey. So heaven celebrates him today for his outstanding zeal, for trapping the gospel and engaging in his life. We are all challenged. That same gospel they received is what we receive. And we must come to that point where we walk in the path God has ordained for us. You must discover yourself. Few points that Peter made in the first reading. He says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility. It's a clothing you must wear. It's an attitude you must put on to be humble, to be broken, to be contrite, to be submissive. Arrogancy. The Bible says, God resists. God resists the proud. They self elated but raises the humble. He says, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. You must come under that mighty hand. You must humble yourself. Nobody humbles you. You are the one to yield yourself. Even Jesus himself, the Bible says, even though he was in the form of God, he humbled himself, taking the form of a servant. He humbled himself. And he said, learn from me. For I'm humble and what need any process. Because we are raised as arrogant and proud human beings. They see the rebellion produce arrogance. Cast your anxieties him. Even at Mass, we say, may we deliver us from all anxiety, from all distress. Because distress will come. The enemy will stir up distress. The enemy will stir up anxiety. He will bring to clutch your mind and make you feel that life is. All kinds of negativity. He he brings all kinds of features in your life. But Peter is saying, cast all your anxieties on him. Why? Not because he enjoys seeing you the way you are. Out you. Uh, many years ago, this has blessed my life. God cares about me. When I become anxious and things are just worrying me, I'll just open my mouth and be bouncing my leg and say, God cares about me. Yes, it's tough, but God cares about me. Yes, things are not working out, but God cares about me. I will intimidate that psychological disposition of worry with the word of God that says, God cares about me. That's how you engage the word of God. You must learn to say it, proclaim it to all creatures. God cares about me. God cares about me. Sometimes I just pick my rosary and I begin to take the beads. God cares about me. God cares about me. God cares about me. As I say it, you don't know. It's the word of God. You are generating energy that goes to dazzle that energy that's making you to be so anxious and dissipated. 
That is how we apply the word of God. And even today, we live in a system where everybody is full of anxiety, worries, depression comes, confusion comes. The devil, you know, confuses you with many things in your head. And before you know it, you are tied up somewhere in your mind. Physically, you are okay, but in your mind, you are a slave to a distressed spirit. You have to know as a Christian, God cares about you. You don't even ask him for the air you are breathing right now. He gave it to you. You went to bed. You woke up. Some didn't wake up. God has been faithful in all ramifications. But sometimes he then he blinds us from the good things that God is doing and focus our mind on the little, little things that are so insignificant that should not even make any sense to us. Say God cares about me. Say it well. Say it with faith in your heart right now again. Say again. Now I'm putting the name of Jesus name on it. Uh-huh. God cares about me in Jesus' name. I say it, let me hear. Then he wants you, he said, be sober and vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, who is an adversary? The one who stands against you. The one who resists you. He said, the enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking for one to devour. He has not changed, though. He's even more active today than ever. You won't see him. But he will poke into your mind. He will lie to you. He will twist your emotions. He will cause circumstances around you. You will think it's normal. And then from there, something starts generating. The essence of it is to bring to where he will empower you. So you have to learn to be discerning and be smart in the spirit. Many Christians are naive and they become victims of all kinds of things. Resist him. Firm in faith. Faith in what? Faith in the word of God. He is bringing worry. I say, God cares about me. Get out. This worry comes and starts to eat me up. I say, God cares about me in the name of Jesus. You have to keep saying it. That's the word of God you are throwing as the enemy. Look at your life. Your life is finished. Can't you see? What is your hope again? No hope again. You lie on the bed. All the things enter your mind are what? Things that will depress you more and more. You are looking for what to give you joy. He has cut you off from God. When he brings you to a point, he will tell you, see, why are you living again? Just go and buy this uh, sniper and just take it and finish yourself. He says, it's true. You look at your wife, you are very angry with this person. You look at your husband, you are angry with this one. Say, who is this person? All these are giving me headaches. Somebody calls you, you are angry. The next is, let me just cook my word and all this. Let me go in peace for goodness sake. And this is how he convinces human beings until they go and take a rope. They tie it and they, they think they are acting normal. And you tell them, go ahead. End all this. End all this. He said, put the rope on your neck. Yeah. You will die in peace now. Nothing will happen. How can somebody be convinced to a point where he kills himself? Is it normal? No. At the end of it all, he brings that, brings that reality to pass. You have to learn to encourage yourself. You have to learn to see the goodness in you. You have to learn to celebrate yourself. You have good legs. You have your hands. You can see. Go and go to the hospital. You see some people who are, whose legs are all hanged up this way. And their hands are all hanged up this way. For two years, they are still here. 
when you come and you are pitying them and say, hey, brother, sorry, they will tell you the Lord loves more than you. The person is even more positive than you that is normal. Some their bowels are out. They clean it every morning. You come there and say, ah, mama, oh, sorry, it's going to be well with you. He said, it's well already. If you saw me two years ago, you would think I'm dead. But my God is alive. And you, your bowel is inside. And you are saying, oh, why is my life running this way? Amen. Amen. If you allow the devil, he will twist your mind and shut you. Your, 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 your own mind becomes your prison. He will lock you up there and leave you. You have to learn to see the hand of God upon your life. You have to learn to understand grace has been given to you. You have to learn that if God can wake you up today, it means he is with you at all times. The battleground is not on the mountains. The battleground is not in the valleys. The battleground is where? Your mind. That's where he will engage you and devour you and mess you up. But that's not a portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we open up ourselves with the grace that the Lord is going to supply us today with again as we partake of his communion and his body and blood may we be revived beyond measure. And may his peace be our bulwark through Christ our Lord.